Welcome to Category Visionaries, the show dedicated to exploring exciting visions for the future from the founders who are on the front lines building it. In each episode, we'll speak with a visionary founder who's building a new category or reimagining an existing one. We'll learn about the problem they solve, how their technology works, and unpack their vision for the future. I'm your host, Brett Stapper, CEO of Frontlines Media. Now let's dive right into today's episode. Hey, everyone, and thank you for listening. Today, I'm speaking with Taj Adhav, co-founder and CEO of Lease Cake, a location management platform that's raised $17 million in funding. Taj, thanks so much for chatting with me today. Oh, Brett, it's a pleasure. Thanks a lot for the time. Yeah, no problem. So before we begin talking about what you're building there at Lease Cake, could we just begin with a quick summary of who you are and maybe a bit more about your background? Yeah, absolutely. So first-generation immigrant kid of a family um, born and raised in Canada that were commercial tenants, and they told me to be a CPA. And I was for 15 years, but then I think I had different plans in mind in terms of what we were growing and, uh, and starting Lease Cake. So um, yeah, it's, it's been a, a great ride in Big Four and also spending a decade at Disney as an Imagineer, you know, crazy business launches like Disney Cruise Line, Disney Vacation Club. And uh, I learned a ton. So in a lot of ways, you know, I kind of feel like I've been training for this all my life and the experiences that my life has brought me has... Um, really helped put me in the place here to, to succeed and lead the company. And talk to us about your state of mind as you were making that shift from the corporate world to entrepreneurship and being an entrepreneur and founder. What was going on in your head? You know, were you scared? Were you afraid? And then what were conversations like with your you know, family and, and loved ones and colleagues? Did people think you were crazy or were they generally supportive of the idea? Holy cow. You know, that's a great question. So when you leave, you know, a Fortune 100 company and you're living in Italy and you just launched, you know, two cruise ships and an entire business with, a, you know, worth a billion dollars in capital projects and you come back and you say, you know what, I think I'm going to repot myself. And I joined a small tech company and, you know, was I afraid? I think what I'd done is I'd learned that in any type of development project, whether it's real estate, construction, like, you know, it's almost like a startup company. So I knew that for all the different companies and business launches that I had been a part of at Disney, I said, I want to be a part of a technology play. So I was employee number eight at a small company here in Central Florida. I was their CFO, and then I transitioned into business development, you know, managing and leading the account management for like HP and Intel. So was I afraid? I don't think I was necessarily afraid. I was just ready for something more. I knew that there was something inside me that I feel like still waiting to get developed. And um, sure enough, after nine or 10 years there, it helped me uh, hone my skills, like building companies, building teams and growing something really kind of out of nothing. Yeah, absolutely. I can see that. And what's been the biggest surprise for you, would you say, as you made that shift in on your entrepreneurial journey? I would say the biggest surprise is, you know, you can never really be trained as a CEO from the very beginning. So I think, I think the surprise is just, you know, how I've been able to learn, lean on others and be this kind of like this APC, just like an awesome people collector, right? Startup companies kind of tend to be that way. So I think the surprise was help is always there and you have to be unafraid to ask for it, whether it's advice and guidance and whether they you know want to be a part of the team. So I've been very surprised with how I'm comfortable in the, with, with those skills. And obviously I'm still learning, uh, still trying to improve, but you know, now it's it's more about leading people, not just building technology and selling it. And that's the greatest part of this chapter in our stage as we grow. Amazing. I love it. 
Now, two questions that we like to ask just to better understand what makes you tick as a founder. First one is what CEO do you admire the most and what do you admire about them? You know, I've met and talked with many CEOs of all different stages, you know, uh, young startups all the way through those that have exited. You know, I think the one person that comes to mind the most recent was a few months ago, had the pleasure of meeting Ron Antevi, who was the CEO of eBuilder. And I think they had a $500 million exit a few years ago. But the 24 or five plus years that he and his brother were on, and they hit, you know, some inflection point of 2 million in ARR. And they were like, man, how do we focus the company and make it even stronger? And they did just that. They continued to grow their business by simply focusing on two ICPs in the construction project management software business. And I just loved his story about traverses and, and growing a team. And, you know, as you ascend the, the mountain, if you will, sometimes the journey's not always straight up. You have to kind of go sideways. You have to go down a little bit and around the ridge to lead your way up. So great deal of respect for Ron. A pleasure of meeting with him and having lunch with him and just inspired by that story. So he's arrived, but man, there's, there's so many stories of really great founders all over the place in all different industries. I'll have to check out Ron, but I appreciate you bringing someone unique here. You know, most people just give an easy, lazy answer like uh, Steve Jobs or Jeff Bezos, which is, you know, they're of course great entrepreneurs, but seems like they're at just, you know, such a different level that it's really hard to take anything tactical from them, if that makes sense. So I appreciate a unique founder here. <laughs> no worries. Yeah, he's phenomenal. I think, um, you know, in the 20 plus years to grow his business to, you know, this $500 million exit, then the things that, that he learned along the way to be talking to investors and, you know, because they IPO'd and then they got acquired. So it's pretty crazy stuff. Nice. Yeah, I bet that's a wild story. What about books? Is there a specific book that's had a major impact on you as a founder? And this can be a business book or it could just be a personal book that really influenced how you view the world. You know, I'm kind of wired differently. You know, I believe in a little bit of like chaos theory or I'm not really a fatalist. And so the randomest book that I picked up, I think was at a conference and I was listening to Chip and Dan Heath and they wrote a book called Made to Stick and how ideas need to be sticky. And I have that book and I, I've, I've read through it and ultimately, when I had this idea presented to me for starting Lease Cake, right, two words that never should belong together. And I was like, I think that's a pretty sticky idea. It rhymes with cheesecake. It's a piece of cake. There's so many layers to the cake. There's icing on the cake. So the book called Made to Stick was all about like these one sentence ideas that are just memorable. And people go, wow, I kind of like that. Uh, so anyway, that's my example. I hope that helps you, Brett. Yeah, certainly. And it, you know, it's funny, you and I have you know, talked a few times in the past, and every time that name has stuck out to me, and I just, it's fun to say, like, you can't say least cake and be sad. It just like makes you feel happy when you say it. So I think you've nailed it with the name. <laughs> Thanks very much. I think that's hard to do too with like, you know, with a consumer company, it's, you know, sometimes easy to have like a cool, fun name to say. But in the B2B world, I think, especially in your space, it's probably quite uncommon, right? To have a, a fun name that people actually want to say and, and really remember. Well, yeah. And that's one of those things where I looked at this industry because I was, I was out of a job first when I was meeting with a guy over a cup of coffee at a diner. I was like, you know, he was a landlord. He's got all these properties, all these moving parts in, in his business. And he was you know, trying to keep up. And then my parents were commercial tenants in Canada. They came to Central Florida. They became landlords overnight. They built their own building overnight with space for tenants. And so I, I just kind of put two and two together. I said, man, you know, 
everybody in business owns or leases a location, right? Where's the app for that? And the more I thought about it, I was like, man, you know, hey, LinkedIn is to connect and Airbnb is to travel and, you know, Uber is to go places. But LeaseCake is a location solution for everyone in business that owns or leases a location. So why not make it a fun and easy to use and easy to remember name that deserves to live on everyone's mobile device anytime, anywhere? And it just needs to be approachable, right? Not an app that, hey, I moved out of my building or I sold all of my Burger Kings. I'm going to delete the app off of my phone. There's so much information as you create your business in whatever fast, in whatever stage you are to create a legacy of wealth is a multi-unit restaurant operator or is a multi-unit commercial retail operator of all different types. Like that's the blue ocean, Brett, that we have frankly really discovered and uncovered five years ago when we started. No one was doing what we're doing today, focusing on the needs of tenants, right? Because their time is precious and they need to focus on what matters. And boom, you know, here we have customers that are like, oh my gosh, give me a microphone. I love LeaseCake. Let me talk to you. Let me talk to other people about how much I love using the application. I mean, that's always a, a good sign, right? When people are feeling that way. It's so heartwarming. And I don't say that, you know, too drippily. I guess what I'm trying to say is LeaseCake wouldn't exist if it wasn't for problems in the industry and listening with kind of with trust and empathy and curiosity. Like that's why LeaseCake was born. It's because we establish the trust of people that were willing to share their problems and we understood their pain points. We were empathetic to their needs and we continue to listen and continue to iterate more and more features that they frankly have demanded. And we don't give them what they want. We give them what they need. You know, very easy to use application that it's intuitive. And that's, you know, what Least Cake is all about, right? It's, it's, a, it's a location management platform made easy. And frankly, a lot of large legacy software providers have completely missed that. They just feel like, hey, let's just add more fields to this relational database and and deploy it. And end of the day, they're just all over-engineered. They're clunky, they're hard to use, and they don't honor and respect the amount of time that it takes a tenant operator of any size to just do something basic. So for us, you know, it's like three clicks to an answer effectively versus emailing somebody waiting a couple of days for a report or trying to figure out how to navigate some cumbersome, you know, menu structure in a system. You know, that's really the problem. But it's very rewarding when customers say, where have you been all my life? You know, man, I wish I had you 10 years ago. So we feel like it's something special. We feel like it's making an impact. And frankly, that's what drives us every day. And can you take me back to the early days? Like, can you recall the specific aha moment where you really just felt like, man, this is it. This is what I'm going into and this is what I'm going to build. Was there a specific moment or a couple of moments where you really had that happen? Easily. So, you know, the story about meeting my co-founder, he didn't know it at the time, at a diner over a cup of coffee when he was talking about the problems that he faced. And because I'm a business guy, you know, ex-CPA and I'm a technologist, He's like, man, Taj, you should build an app for this. Like, you probably know some developers. And I'm like, Jim, that's the stupidest idea I've ever heard. <laughs> and it took me a couple of years because I thought I was going to like learn to code and build an app or something. And then it hit me because on the commercial tenant side, you know, I saw my parents' story. So what transpired after a couple of years when I was out of a job, I, I got invited to a Techstars Global Startup Weekend event. And that is, you know, build a company and 54-hour weekend and you might win the city and then ultimately win the world. 
So that night I bought the domain for $11.99, Brett. (laughs) And I didn't even know I was going to pitch. In fact, it was a couple hours before the event when I got the tickets finally. And I was invited to be a mentor for people of all different sizes to just say, hey, wait, build an app, build a prototype and, and win. So on the drive over there, I said, hey, Jim, this is the co-founder that I met. I said, what do you think of Lease Cake? I bought the domain for $11.99. Should I pitch? And he's like, go for it. So actually, it's written two hours before in my backyard on a piece of paper that was in my back pocket. And I was the 40th person to grab the microphone. I was, in fact, I was the last. So I didn't have the guts to do it until the 39th person put down the mic. And I said, it's now or never. So I grabbed the microphone and I said what I said about high release cake, where location management platform made easy. And then boom, before you knew it, we won the city. We won North America. Two weeks later, we won globally across 200 cities in 58 countries. And that, my friend, is when I was still out of a job. (laughs) And my wife was saying, I am going to kill you. You're supposed to get a real job. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, that's amazing. That was was five years ago. (laughs) Wow. Well, good thing you had the courage then to be the 40th person to stand up there. (laughs) Yeah. So you you talk about something that changed my life and, you know, dark days and sunny days, but holy cow, it was like, I got a tiger by the tail here. I got to put it together, a team. (laughs) Wow. That's amazing. And that's also really incredible too, that it sounds like you had, you know, the value prop and the category clear from the start. So it was location management made easy right from the get-go, and that hasn't changed over the last five years. Is that right? Well, you know, pretty much, but we it took us a while to kind of like figure out what was the category that we were in, because we're not property management. We're not a prop tech company per se. We're not, you know, a software solution. You know, really, we're in the education business. We're helping people understand that there are powerful applications that can transform how they're doing business today, wherever they work, live, or play. And so location management is this new category ultimately because it's, you know, you look at lease administration, you look at lease accounting, you look at lease management, they're boring, they're stayed, and there's no leaders in those industries. You know, they've been around for 30, 40 years. Why, you have to ask yourself, why isn't there a leader? Why isn't there a Microsoft or a Salesforce of of lease management? Because frankly, they're just purpose-built, they're point-based solutions that are trying to solve one problem. But what we recognized over the following years is that, you know what, there's so much power in unleashing and liberating that data into a platform that so many constituents need to use, not just the lease accounting accounting team, not just the legal team, because these are all legal leases, but there's location data that is now leveraged across the VP of real estate, the growth development officer, the chief operations officer, the superintendent, I mean, all the way up and down within an organization, but it extends far beyond that. Lease Cake is infinitely shareable. So we have CPA firms that are using Lease Cake to support their clients. We have real estate brokers that are using Lease Cake to support their clients. So this whole ecosystem of support to ultimately help, you know, Americans start great businesses and have them focus on what matters when it matters. That's really what Lease Cake's all about. So I don't know. I'm hoping I answered your question. (laughs) No, no, you certainly did. And some follow-up questions based on that. So, you know, lease administration, just whenever you have the word administration, it already sounds a bit boring. But if we talk about those legacy categories there that you mentioned, 
How do you envision this in the long term? Is location management going to be something that displaces these legacy categories and you know, takes over that line item that companies and organizations are already planning on spending? Is it going to replace that line item? Or is this going to be a totally new line item that's added on in addition to those legacy categories? You know, I think it's going to be a journey. It's going to probably be a little bit more of the latter. So we are an implementation solution. We're an application that works in conjunction with a lot of those legacy providers. We are seeing competitive takeaways, meaning they're tired of the state and, you know, isn't good enough anymore. So as we move into the market of really category domination and category creation, that's ultimately what we're awakening the industry with, right? Help them see the future, that it is not just some on-premises or cloud-based lease administration or lease accounting solution built by accountants for accountants. It's an empowering solution that helps people understand how their business is run with beautifully designed and flexible and an easy-to-use system that works for you and not the other way around. And so that's important because ultimately all of those legacy providers, you have to work to get them to work for you. And our customers recognize that automation and services that absolutely just kind of like plug and play, we don't need a training manual, right? It's like there is no step three for Lease Cake. It's step one, you open the box. And step two, you use the product. Ultimately, it's like three clicks to an answer. Locations, companies, leases, look, you know, contracts, assets. Everything is very easy on the eyes, very approachable. And ultimately, it works for you and not the other way around. And it sounds like you're taking a very smart approach in terms of your go-to-market because you're going to market not just saying, hey, we have a better way to do these things that the legacy providers can do. It sounds like your message really is we have a completely different way of doing things. So where did you develop that you know, mindset and where did you learn that approach from? Because it's very unique because most founders and, and a lot of companies really seem to try to play the better game of, you know, we're better, we're faster, we're cheaper than the status quo. But you're going with that approach of, hey, we're different. So where'd that come from? I just think it's whether it's my upbringing or, or it's genetic, you have to focus on the why right? Why do you exist? And, and why is it customers are buying your services? It's, it's similar to the jobs to be done. If you don't focus on the why, then you're completely missing out. A lot of companies just focus on the what, right? Oh, we're a location or we're a lease administration platform that does X, Y, and Z features, benefits, feature benefits, boring, boring, boring. In the end, if you don't focus on why, then that's really ultimately what you want to say. So I'm intensely curious, Brett. I've got this sense of like, I just want to keep asking why. Why do you buy? Why don't you have enough time? Why do you want to pay attention to this? Why don't you want to pay attention to that? And and ultimately, it drove us to our why, right? Why LeaseGate? Because, you know, we believe your time is precious and it should be focused on the things that matter, right? Our team has passion for creating beautifully designed, flexible and easy to use applications that work for you and not the other way around. And we built LeaseGate so you can track of every critical date, dollar, document, and action that drives revenue anytime, anywhere, on any device. And when we say it that way, they go, oh, that's why you're different. Because it just makes sense. So yeah, I want to learn more. So I don't know, just the way that I think our whole team is wired that way. The curiosity, making sure that every day we wake up thinking about what's the why. 
And one thing that you mentioned there is, you know, like the status quo or people just, you know, living with the problems that they have. What are you doing to create urgency and help them see the light that they need to change, that they need to you know, embrace a different and new approach? Because what I've seen is it's, you know, sometimes very hard, especially in industries that have been slow to adopt and embrace new technology. It's normally because it's very hard to get them to do so. So what are you getting right there? And, you know, what are you guys doing to really convince them that, you know, they shouldn't tolerate and accept these problems and they should you know go out and explore new solutions? Hmm. Yeah, great question. You know, I think a lot of solutions are really more, I say, bottom line driven, right? It's a cost line item. It's like you must have a solution for property management or for lease accounting. But end of the day, what's missing is you've got to have a solution that helps you focus on the why and why it's going to drive revenue. And that's what we do every day. So whether you're a six unit operator, you know, successful restaurant, and you're growing to 10 to 20 locations, every location is a revenue driver. And every day that you can speed up that location opening will drive your revenue. So our application helps with that, helps with speed, helps with time savings, and ultimately helps drive revenue. We know we started out as a as a risk management solution, right? You miss a lease renewal and it'll cause a problem, massive problem, right? You could risk losing your location and location, location, location is what it's all about. But, you know, that commercial real estate is so inefficiently managed. When our customers said, you know what? I like that ability to stay one step ahead of a critical date in the lease, but I don't have a system to track my liquor license that could expire across all my locations. I don't have a system to track all my fire extinguisher permits because I don't want to get you know an inspection that shuts me down. So the driver of how we position our solution and what our customers are seeing is it helps them focus on what matters. And today, revenue matters. And any moment they take their eye off the ball of their restaurant operations or their retail operations, and they have to focus on some mundane thing, it impacts their revenue. It impacts their top line. And ultimately, that's what people care about the most. So the market is moving because they recognize that, man, this information is so important. It's not just a bottom line driven solution. It's a top line. And that's where CFOs and accounting firms and CEOs are saying, you know what, for the cost and for the value that we're getting, we need something better. And that's frankly what we saw during COVID. There was, you know, we grew despite the industry saying, oh my God, the market's going to collapse and the real estate market's going to collapse and restaurants are going to go to business. And and we just saw the complete opposite. So it's been super exciting because our customers get it and we're starting to see more and more prospects that are waking up to that part of the education. (laughs) And so that's back to what we're doing, right? We're in the education business. Nice. I love that. I love that mindset too, because I think every company has to have that mindset, right? Every company needs to really, especially if you're trying to create a new category, you have to view it as you're in the education business. I think there's really no other way to create a new category. Yeah, no, thanks for that. And and that frankly is really what's fun because if you empower people to think differently, to be a little bit broader in their view, I think it ultimately helps because you could have somebody that says, you know, hey, I want to learn more and they might be a project assistant Uh, within the company. Well, what are they asking for? They're asking for help and they're asking for ways in which they can succeed and and grow in their role, right? Help their boss look better. Make sure that a solution actually solves more problems than what their boss is thinking about. And that's where it becomes fun. 
Now, in terms of traction and growth, are there any numbers that you can share? Sure. I mean, we've got 300 customers, probably representing about 2,000 different companies across the U.S., North America, and the EU. Hundreds of brands, I mean, from Burger King, Taco Bell, Planet Fitnesses, franchisees, franchisors, you know, billions of dollars in future rent payments in our system, tracking, you know, tens of thousands of locations. The numbers just keep getting bigger. And that's what's just exciting for, you know, a new customer that that comes on board and it could be a name that you never would recognize. And they've got 40 different types of company brands that are underneath their umbrella from private equity or as a holding company. And you go, oh my gosh, why have I never heard of this company? And yet all of their brands are common household names. You know, (laughs) it's been really neat to see. And frankly, it's kind of a wake up call for us. Like everywhere you drive, looking left or right and up and down the street and behind you, Every one of those places that you see in the retail market are either customers of ours or potential customers. That must be very fulfilling as the founder, right? To see that, to drive down the street and physically know like the impact that you're having and being able to see your customers out in the real world. Because I think for a lot of companies, they don't really get to ever have that real world experience, right? You know, it's very humbling. And I think, frankly, this is where, you know, we have to pause and take stock, right? This is, we're not an ego-driven company. But knowing that, you know, you can sign a company like Casper and sign a company like Legal Seafoods and sign a company like White Castle, you know, all different types of businesses and you go, wow, we're helping them grow. It's so humbling. (laughs) And that's part of the job that's so rewarding. Now we have our team is like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to go to this restaurant in this part of the woods and I'm going to shop at this store and, you know, hand out coupons that our customers are willing to share with us so they can, we can in turn share them with our other customers. It's like this really cool family, right? We're building a really big tent and, and trying to get as many people within it. So have you instituted a policy now where you only will go to businesses that are using lease cake? I think that's going to be coming soon, Brett. I think it's a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I love it. All right. Last question here for you. So let's zoom out three years from today. What does the company look like? What does the category look like? And, and what does the impact look like on your customers and the industry as a whole? Our objective is really simple. It's to build a great company. And you build great companies with great people. So there's no magic number in terms of reaching some enterprise value. We know if we focus on our people first, they'll take care of our customers and our customers will take care of the rest. So our investors love that spirit, love, you know, hey, as we ascend towards the summit of the first peak and the second peak, that's why our customers like working with us because they know that we're going to be around. We are going to continually innovate for features that they think they want. We ultimately give them what they need and they go, oh my gosh, this is powerful. So moving into the other adjacent markets, you know, not just retail, but within office and industrial work with you know, different types of franchisees that don't have even locations, but they have businesses and every business has contracts and permits and licenses. So just, you know, continue to expand and get more and more market share and ultimately dominate this brand new category that our customers are are walking us into that door. So hope that helps. Definitely helps. And it's definitely exciting. Now, unfortunately, we are up on time, so we're going to have to wrap here. I would love to keep you on and ask you another 20 or 30 questions, but we'll save that for the interview in three years after this category has been dominated. Before we wrap up, though, Taj, if people want to follow along with your journey as you continue to build both the company and the category, where's the best place for them to go? 
leasecake.com, baby. L-E-A-S-E-C-A-K-E.com. Piece of cake. <laughs> Piece of cake. I love it. Tosh, thank you so much for coming on, sharing your story and, and talking about what you're building. This is incredibly exciting and can't wait to have you back on in a couple of years. Excellent. Thanks so much, Brett. It's really enjoyable. 